Today, I want to talk to you about how you could literally be saving hundreds of hours of work on a monthly basis for yourself and different team members by utilizing virtual assistants in your business. Learning how to grow your business, that is your job. Being the one to do everything in your business, however, is not. Welcome to That's Not My Job, an introvert's guide to building a business beyond yourself. One of the recurring themes that you're going to continuously hear from me as you listen to more and more episodes of my podcast is really around the the concept of, you know, maximizing your time and being as efficient as you possibly can be so that you're getting the highest return on investment for the time that you're spending in your business and at the same time being able to recapture some of that time back so you could do more of the things that you want to do whether that's spending more time with your family, your friends, your hobbies. And this is just another concept, you know, that we're going to we're going to work on building, you know, as you listen to more and more episodes. Thinking of this in a way of like your your foundation. The a lot of the things that you hear me talk about again where you know we're we're talking about building a business beyond yourself. That's always the conversation that we're having when you're listening in. But the the I want you to look at this and and look at yourself and your business and as this foundational piece and like just this piece that we're going to be talking about today is just another brick that you're going to lay and the foundation that you're building to continue to build a business that is beyond yourself that that can create the type of freedom that you want and one of the things that you know we we all have i have them you have them are limiting beliefs right we have these negative mindsets around scaling a business whether it's money issues of like you know i'm scared of success or maybe it's you know fear of what if i get the money and i can't manage it or you know, what if I hire team members and they screw things up? Like those are the conversations that we're having. And so one of the things that constantly comes up as I talk to entrepreneurs, typically entrepreneurs that are in that, you know, maybe they're doing a hundred thousand up to a million a year in revenue and they're trying to figure out how the heck do I do more? A lot of times people in this revenue range in their business, what I've found, and not always the case, but one of the things that I see is pretty common is that, you know, they 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 have this mindset. Um, especially those that have been stuck at this level is, you know, if you want it done right, you have to do it yourself. Like that's a common recurring thing that comes up. And, you know, it's funny, I was actually talking to um, a business owner today at a, a business that, you know, my company's looking at acquiring, I was having this conversation and, you know, husband, wife business, um, they've been doing it for seven or eight years. And their revenue is right in that range that I was talking about. They did, I think it was like 1.2 million last year in revenue. And the conversation we were having is, you know, it was us, you know, acquiring their business. And within that conversation, I was, you know, asking, I was like, what's kind of been holding things back? And so she was starting to talk through this and she was like, well, you know, it's me and my husband, like I'm doing all of, you know, the, it's a construction type business. And she's like, I do all of the estimates. I do the invoices. I do the scheduling of contractors. I do all of the following up with the clients and rescheduling things and making the orders of the products from the different vendors and the supplies and the materials. And on top of that, I'm the one posting on the company, you know, social media accounts and all, all of those things. And when there's a fire with a client putting out the fire or if there's a foreman or a vendor that doesn't show up on time, I'm handling all of those situations for all those aspects of the business. And then her husband's running around doing the work on those jobs. And so he's just doing the thing. And so in the conversation, you know, the, um, you know, this, this uh, gal was talking about, she's like, you know, we, we've wanted to have, you know, people come to help us, but, 
you know, always was worried about, well, they're not going to do the same quality of work that we do, or they're not going to, they're not going to know how we want the, you know, maybe the brand to be treated, or they don't know how to treat the customers the right way. Or we've tried in the past to hire someone and they just let us down, didn't show up or didn't do the job at the quality that we wanted. And in this conversation that I was having, you know, this is, it's so common. And, and, you know, obviously, you know, insert your business here, but a lot of times what I've found is, you know, these are just limiting beliefs and not even a lot of times, 100% of the time it is limiting beliefs that's holding us back. And so, you know, we were having a little bit of a conversation and like just taking one segment of that conversation, you know, obviously the, the topic today that we're going to dive into is let's talk you know, about peeling back time and in, in, in scaling through virtual assistants. But in this conversation I was having, you know, where she's having sharing these, you know, limiting beliefs and some challenges that they've had that is, you know, caused them to not be able to scale over the last seven years. And I was kind of poking, you know, gently poking, because obviously want to be respectful. But you know, this is, a, you know, something that you should be doing and asking yourself these types of questions. So with with one of the areas of the business was design work that has, has to be done. And so she's always been the one that's done that type of work. And so in the conversation that I was having with her, I was like, okay, well, you know, that that needs to be something that, you know, you can have someone else do. And she's like, well, you know, someone doesn't have an eye for the design the way that I do. And, you know, da, 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 like, right, like those those reasons that we all tell ourselves of why someone else can't do the work, right? So in the conversation, I'm like, well, you know, what if you did this? What if, you know, your designs that you come up with and the way that you want, there's a process of how you do that every time, right? Like you, you go in, you go into the house, maybe you're, you know, you're measuring stuff, you're taking pictures or video, and then you're going back to your, you know, your sketchboard or, you know, your tablet, and then you're drawing out the design. So you're, you're going, you know, you're going through steps, right? And she's, you know, I was asking her to kind of like walk through some of those steps and it's like, okay, could we not you know, find someone that has multiple years of experience in this type of design, interview them correctly, making sure that we take them through a proper hiring process, hire them, give them clear direction on what success looks like. And what if we documented your entire design process? Okay, step one for the customer, you go to the property and part of the design is you're going to, you know, Pull out the measuring tape, measure everything that you're, you know, you're there with the customer. You should have already done the intake over the phone of, you know, what the customer's, you know, looking to kind of spend, like what they're looking to accomplish. And then when you're in there in person, your job is to, you know, build rapport. Here are three questions to ask to build more rapport with them when you're in the home. And here are other opportunities to upsell in our design process. Maybe someone's doing, you know, their kitchen and and you notice that there's something you see in the living room that could be done. You're like, well, what if we you know, also like I noticed this, like the flow would go so well if, you know, you did this in the kitchen and then what if your living room matched your kitchen like this or whatever, right? So I'm like, what if, you know, that each of these steps in your specific process of what you deem quality to be were outlined and in each of those were a phase of what happens in your business. And so, you know, she was excited about the idea because it's like, you know, all businesses are, are, you know, carefully documented processes and they're 
talented people that you plug into those documented processes to help you scale and grow a business to whatever heights that you're looking to grow to. And so, you know, I was just kind of poking at that. And, you know, this is, you know, for you listening in right now, when you're thinking about your business and you're like, I can't, you know, I, I you know, if you want it done right, got to do it yourself. You know, you can't hire good people. People are dumb. They can't figure out how to, you know, do what you want them to do. Well, I'll tell you this. Every business that I'm involved in and that we build, we look at how do we build it where it's essentially like a McDonald's franchise. We, you know, every, you know, McDonald's you go to uh, has the same menu. They have the same brand guide. They have the same, you know, cook cooking kitchen system. They have all of the same processes, right? And they have the same inventory that they buy for all their locations. So, you know, that's how we, you know, we have to reframe our mind of like, how do we build a business processes, systems, all of those things. And then we hire talented people to plug into those, you know, processes and systems that allow, you know, talented people to plug into an already existing system to be successful. And so, you know, that was just a conversation I was having with with this lady today and, you know, challenging you as you're listening, like when is, you know, uh, when is enough enough for you to make a decision to do something different and actually start building a team and, and taking accountability that y- there are tons of great people out there in the world. There's lots of great, talented people. It's your job as the business owner to put the bumpers up. Like that's what processes and systems are. It's like, hey, bumpers are up, you know, McDonald's franchise, their signs are yellow everywhere in the world besides Sedona, Arizona, which is green for some reason for, you know, I think it's their their lighting system up there um, to be able to see the stars at night. I don't know exactly what that is, but, you know, for the most part, they're yellow across the board all over the world, right? So that's essentially what you're doing to, you know, you find great people and then you put up the bumpers of like, this is the path of what you should do. And here's the you know, uh, for me, it's like, here's the Cody way to do it. Here's the start virtual way to do it. Or here's the manifest you way how to do it. So our companies give the process and this in, in what it should look like. And then the person is accountable to follow the process that you, the business owner, me, the business owner outline. And so, you know, let, let's talk about, you know, cause obviously the, the, the goal here is the conversation around virtual assistance and how do we, you know, get those hundreds of hours back through virtual assistance? You know, for those of you that maybe haven't hired multiple US-based team members and, you know, you're a little bit anxious and a little bit scared to do that, you could start with hiring some really talented team members in the Philippines, which is exactly what, you know, I've done from the beginning. And we still, you know, build a lot of our departments within our companies the same way today. And so where I want to start with this, though, is, you know, when you look at someone like me or you look at other people that have successful businesses, a lot of times we can create some preconceived notions of like, oh, well, they have it all figured out. You know, they they have the the money and the resources to do all of these things. We don't, you know, people only got there because at one point they were maybe where you are today, or maybe they were even worse off than than you were today. And you know, the story of me hiring my, you know, the first virtual assistant I ever hired, this was my process. I had no idea what I was doing. I hadn't really hired many people. I'd hired, you know, I'd grown teams of people in network marketing before, but I never hired like a hourly wage, you know, team member. And so not knowing any process whatsoever, I went on to Craigslist and, you know, at that time I didn't even know anything about the Philippines, but I had some friends, they had some uh, virtual assistants in Colombia. And I was like, huh, 
how do I hire virtual assistants in Columbia? You know, I got online, started Googling, and I was like, okay, well, Craigslist, I could post in, in Columbia. So went on Craigslist and, you know, the first hire I, I was looking for and, you know, I I had no idea what I was doing. I kind of just put a generic outline, you know, using Google. You know, if you don't know what you're doing, Google and chat GPT, especially now today, great tools to use. So I was like, ah, I need to, you know, I need them to do lead generation. I need them to do, um, you know, help me generate more leads for my real estate business at the time. So I put the ad up on Craigslist and crossed my fingers. And I'm like, all right, yeah, now just wait for the talent to roll in. Um, and I, I didn't have a really well-written job ad. I kind of just, you know, took bits and pieces of fragmented things that I found online on Google of, you know, lead generation VAs that I found on different blogs. And I was like, all right, that sounds good. That sounds good. And created this Frankenstein job ad, put it up. And I, you know, I, I started getting applications and, you know, people interested in the role. And so then I started my really dialed in interview and screening process, which was nothing. The process was people applied and they were interested. And I just started setting up Skype calls. I was like, all right, you know, I have multiple people excited about the role. And, you know, I would get on Skype calls, had no script, had no strategy besides Googling what are good questions to ask in an interview um, to someone I'm trying to hire. That was my strategy. And I, you know, just ask questions like, hey, like, this is what I'm doing in my business. These are things I need help with. Can you help me, basically? And, you know, ask just a few questions, nothing you can't find on Google. And I talked to three, four people and, you know, didn't really, you know, know all the things I was going to have them doing yet. I just knew I was, I needed someone to help me get leads. And so what ended up happening was I, I went with my gut on someone. I did, I think, three or four interviews and, you know, this, this one individual, um, Andres, um, I ended up hiring and with him, it's funny because there's, again, there's no strategy of like, okay, this person scored on this disc profile test or, you know, I went through this case study and made sure they were the right fit. It was, I felt my gut felt good about Andres. I felt like he was um, receptive to what I was trying to do. And like, he seemed like a hard worker. So I was like, all right, let's give this thing a shot, Andres. Hopefully it works out. And so I remember getting him started. And uh, one of the things that I didn't do and this is where I think a lot of people go wrong is I had no process of what he was going to do set up, ready to go. His first day he started, I was like, all right, so we need to generate those leads, right? So we're going to do, and at this time in the business, I was like, I need you to do text marketing. And so I literally had to just walk him. I just had him shadow me because I, I didn't know how to write a process or an SOP or anything like that. SOP, standard operating procedure. So I didn't know how to do any of it. So I was just like, Andres, you're going to shadow me this week. And then next week, you're getting to work. And so I just went through the process and I was just like, make sure to take notes. And so beginning of the day, checked in. I'm like, all right, let's do this thing. And so he'd be on Skype and I would be doing the thing and getting on with leads. And, you know, then I'd be going back and forth. I'm like, does that make sense? Like why I'm doing it that way? And he'd be like, cool, sounds good. And, you know, a few days of doing that. So then the point of then I kind of handed it off to him. And one of the things that was interesting was he started doing, you know, the text going out to people. And can you believe it? He started texting totally different than the way I was. And so one of the things I immediately got frustrated with, I'm like, Andres, what the heck, dude? Like, why are you texting this way? And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, this is just how I talk. And so it was kind of one of those, you know, duh moments that 
somebody living in Bogota, Colombia might text people a little bit different than I do as someone living in, you know, Phoenix, Arizona. And so that was one of the, you know, first lessons of like, I showed him what to do. He watched me. He shadowed me. He saw me do it for days. And day one, he's doing it and he's doing the script wrong. He's not even freaking messaging the same way I was. And he's not even submitting the lead at the right stage. What the freak is he doing? And so this frustration turned into, oh my gosh, like I didn't set him up for success. I just said, watch me text and get leads. And I didn't tell him how he should be texting. I didn't set up, you know, imagine we're bowling. I didn't put the bumpers up of like, here is the, the here are the lanes you need to stay in so that you successfully are going down the right path. I just said, watch what I do and then get started. And so he got started doing it and didn't work out, obviously, uh, right off the bat. So over a couple of weeks, you know, I kind of started working on the process. I was like, okay, here you go, Andres. Here's how you do your introduction text. And here's a few different variances of that. Do that. And then when they ask these five questions that they always ask, here are the answers you use. And, when they, and then when they respond to those answers... Then here's the next thing you do. And at this point is when you actually submit that as a lead for me to call. So then once I got that set up, then he was churning out leads. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Like he's he's getting me leads in my business every day. But it was the failure that I did and the failure that you probably are doing and that most business owners do, which is okay, but it's not okay to have the same problem. It's you got to fix it. Now that you know, you got to fix it. So the the challenge that we were able to overcome was I now had written, written on a Word doc, like no no fancy you know SOP building thing. Like I didn't you know I I didn't get good grades in school. Like I, the grammar was probably jacked up on it. I just wrote out. I'm like, here are the things you need to do. Here's when they respond to what that is. Like here's the document you work off of. And so once I was able to put that in place of like what he needed to do and like kind of put up the bumpers of like what success looks like in the thing, he was crushing it. And so, you know, challenging you as the business owner that when you want to unload something like that, for me, that was lead generation, helped me get more leads so I could do more deals, you know, make more money in my real estate business at the time. Not only, you know, get someone that, you know, could do the job, but then you need to show them how to do the job and put something in writing of what success looks like for the job. And so one of the questions that often I'll get around this and, you know, how you start peeling back this, because think about this, like I had that one guy, Andres, working, just doing lead generation 40 hours a week for me. And then as I started growing, I'm like, oh my gosh, what if I got another person doing that? And then what if I had someone cold calling? And you know, over some months of doing that, I was able to have multiple virtual assistants doing lead generation, marketing, CRM management, just multiple tasks in the business. And they were working hundreds of hours a week, obviously between multiple people, right? But I was able to achieve the work of hundreds of hours a week with me just doing the higher dollar per hour activities. And if you've been listening to any of the other you know, previous episodes on the podcast, you've heard me talk about doing the things that are your strengths. And so one of the things that you know, we do this internally with all the companies that I own is we have, you know, regardless of what level you are, we have you know, directors, C-suite, managers, entry-level team members. We, do, we, work, we have everyone go through something called an activity inventory sheet. And so this activity inventory sheet 
it's a tool that, you know, if you go to connectwithcody.com, um, you could, you know, opt in to the download section and get access to the activity inventory sheets and, you know, you'll be able to utilize this tool. This, this tool essentially, and for those of you that are, that are watching this, you know, I'll, I'll share my screen and, you know, I'll make sure to talk through it for those that are not watching and just listening on maybe on your commute to work or wherever you're going. So I'm going to go ahead and share my screen real quick and we will talk through this together. And for those that are driving, don't freaking take notes on your phone right now. Maybe go back to this section later. Don't need anyone crashing on behalf of this. Cool. So for those that can see, this is the activity inventory sheet. For those that can't, the activity inventory sheet is essentially a tool that you, um, as for those that are reading it, this is something that you're going to document and essentially audit everything that you're doing in your business on a regular basis. So this is everything you do. So if you're doing this for the first time, you go through and you write out everything you do daily, weekly, monthly, or quarterly within your business. And so as you're starting to write out all these things that you do on a daily, weekly, monthly, or quarterly basis, you're going to start to identify what are all the things that are happening in your business. And then the next step of this is, uh, is you know, kind of a, a rating system that we go through. How, and again, that's why it's called an activity inventory, you know, or kind of like an audit sheet. And so when you're looking at this, the, the next thing that you're going to be rating is the task that you're doing. So let's say, for example, a task that I'm doing in my business is bookkeeping. Maybe I'm doing the stuff in QuickBooks. I'm doing the bookkeeping. So I'm going to write that as a task that's being done because it's done monthly. So it's on there. Obviously, you're going to write out a bunch of different stuff and then you're going to rate that thing. So let's say for bookkeeping, for example, I'm going to rate myself uh, of where I'm at at a competency level. So I'm going to you know, put a little check mark in the box here where it says, Am I incompetent? Am I competent? Am I excellent at it? Is this my unique ability for me to be doing? And so the reason you're going to be going through that rating system is you want to identify the tasks that you're doing and how good you are at the tasks that you're doing. And then the next thing you're going to do on this activity inventory is look at what do you like if you had to just, you know, make some guesses. Google is a good friend for this of how much an hour someone should be paid to do a certain task like bookkeeping, for example, you're going to then give a rating of per hour what someone should be paid in the marketplace to do the thing. And then the final step of this, for those that are watching, you know, it has at the bottom of the sheet, um, it kind of goes into you know, what the, you know, I stands for incompetent, C for competent, E for excellent, like all, all, the, all the things on the sheet, right? So then the final step of this is once you have a big holistic view of everything that you're doing in your business and you've rated based on your competency level, and then you've given a rating of what the dollar per hour is for the thing, the final step is identifying the things that you need to either S, D, or O. And that's either stop doing completely because it's a waste of time for you to be doing in your business, or D, maybe delegate, delegate to a team member, or outsource to a third-party contractor. Maybe it's graphic design work. You need to just have someone do graphic design. You're going to outsource that. D, delegate. You're going to hire a virtual assistant, have them do the thing, or D, delegate. Maybe you have team members internally that you can delegate those things to. That is really the, in a nutshell, what the activity inventory sheet is for. And so why are we talking about this? Well, here's the thing that I've found 
is that oftentimes business owners are not where they want to be because they're doing things they shouldn't be doing. They're wasting time on tasks that are not, I don't want to say beneath because there are great talented people, whether virtually or in person that could do the things that need to be done, just not by you. And it's just you have to, as a business owner, audit your time. And so what this activity inventory sheet helps you do is really understand, you know, where am I spending my time? And how much is that you know, time that you're spending actually worth on those specific things. Because, you know, we'll talk to somebody that they say you want to make a million dollars a year and you're doing tasks or activities in your business that are 10 or $20 an hour activities. And just, uh, you know, spoiler alert, just rounded out number. So some the math, create, you know, crazy people are going to be like, that's, you know, not the exact number. On average-ish, you need to be making around $500 an hour when you look at that over 40 hours a week, 50-ish weeks in a year with a couple weeks of vacation, right? You're around $500 an hour. And so if you're doing things that are under $500 an hour activities as a business owner and you want to make a million a year, there's a reason you're not making that because you're doing a lot of things that are not good values of your time. And so you really use this activity inventory and and literally like whether you do the download or literally you just take out a word doc and you just type out the the process that i just talked through it doesn't matter you can work through those things and then what the the steps that you follow is once you know the things that are good uses of your time like those higher dollar things then you could start picking the things like I did with Andres with the lead generation. I'm like, these are good things that somebody else could do. I need leads, so it needs to be done, but just not by me. So he would generate the leads and then I would do the higher dollar things like talk to the sellers, actually get contracts closed so I could you know, make money on those deals. And so that is really the, the thing that you want to be going through. And if you feel stuck and you feel like you're not able to advance to that next level in your business, it's because most of the time you're doing things that are not a good use of your time and you're spending too much of your time in the business doing everything versus looking from this like bird's eye view above your business and like working on things above it so that you can eventually pull yourself out of working in it every day and just be working on the team that is then building the business. And so at the end of the day, the conversation that we're having here is really just, again, it's I, and I reiterate this so much, identifying what are the things you're doing which activity inventory helps you do. And then once you identify the things that you're doing, really auditing that for based on what you're trying to earn on an annual basis, reverse engineering. Goal setting is all about reverse engineering. And so the better you as a business owner can understand where you want to go, then you could look at where am I today? What are the actions I'm taking today? And what is the gap between where I am and where I want to go and this activity inventorying process is going to help close that gap of the understanding. So then you can have clear, actionable things that you can do of these are the items I need to delegate, outsource, or stop doing in the business and give to someone else to do so that you can continue elevating as the entrepreneur and get yourself out of the technician doing everything in the business and just being a manager managing the things in the business and get to that point where you're able to, while you're listening to this, build a business beyond yourself, delegate to elevate and be able to put yourself in the position to achieve more than you ever thought possible through hiring talented people and having great processes in place. And virtual assistants are one of the best places to start 
lots of places you could go to find virtual assistants, you know, shameless plug, but you know, our company startvirtual.com. We help business owners work through this process together and scale their business utilizing virtual assistants and solid processes that work no matter the type of business that you're in. So if that's something that you're looking for, head over to startvirtual.com and check us out. And if you want access to the activity inventory sheet, you can go to connectwithcody.com and add yourself on there to be able to get access to any of the resources from the That's Not My Job podcast. Thanks so much for listening and I'll catch you in the next episode. To access resources from the show, be sure to visit connectwithcody.com. Additionally, connect with me on all social platforms to stay updated on the latest information and resources. 